Talking Heads is brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code TALKING at FanDuel.com for a bonus match of of up to $200. And we're also sponsored by the SeatGeek app. Easiest way to find a great deal, pay for your ticket, and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING for $20 off your first purchase. And welcome into episode four of Talking Heads. Bram Weinstein in Connecticut, Mark Stern in Washington, D.C. Today you'll meet the softball coach who thinks that the sport is a pathway to the sex industry. And <laughs> Ragnar, the controversial holdout of the 2015 NFL football season. Uh, before we get to both of those things, housekeeping first. October 17th, we are going to be at Laurel Park probably drinking for the Maryland Million Race Day. Come find us because we're actually going to tape our podcast together, which we haven't done since we started doing this yet because we are separated by a lot of land. And uh, we will include you. And if you want to come dressed as a softball coach who uh, sexually assaults softball players, that's fine with me. (laughs) Vikings, Warren Buffett is in Dominican Sioux. Any of those things are great. We will put you uh, on the air with us on that day. Today, I'd like to start with this. Um, Two stories about the media uh, that caught my attention very quickly. First, did you hear about the women who were not allowed into the Colts Jaguars? I I can't I'm not sure which locker room. It was one of the two locker rooms that they were prohibited from entering, despite the fact that they were credentialed to get in. One of them is Graham Watson, who's covered a ton of football for ESPN. So she's a well-known female reporter in the industry. But there were three women that were some old guy, as they describe it, it was at the door of the locker room saying, boys will be boys. I don't think you ladies ought to go in there today. No, you you women are going to have to stay out of there. That's a boy's place. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. That's how we run it over here. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. No, oh, those Jaguars, they're going to be a little surly after this one. You ladies might want to stay out of their hair. No, I have not. I had not heard that. Yeah. That's appalling, and I can only think that the old yeah. guy security guard is now, you know, looking for another gig. Yeah, I would think so, too. It was a mistake. Both of the PR staffs eventually apologized to the reporters. Clearly, that is not some kind of um, issue with either team. It was just a mistake made by somebody who was at the door. I've been through this a million times. You've been through it, too. At the games, the game is over. There are security guards at the door of the locker room. They're not with, they're, they're obviously employed by the team, but they're not employed by the PR staff. Right. And their job is solely to look at your credential and make sure that you're allowed to walk in. This one particular person, for some some reason, you know, slipped back into 1948 and, you know, like had some kind of flashback that women aren't supposed to go into a male locker room after a game and right. obviously made a mistake. That said, you know, I, I've said this before and and um, and a lot of people disagree with me, but but I, I really I, I don't want to say that women don't belong in the locker room. They, they do. Um, I don't think anybody belongs in the locker room. I think after a game, the the reason why we want to be in there is because it's the heated moment. You want to get to people immediately afterwards because they'll give you the most honest answer that they possibly can. And you don't want them to have the time to think through what they're supposed to say or the coach speak or all of that stuff. You want them to give you honesty. It's the best time to get it. That said, it is one of the most uncomfortable places you can possibly be. Um, whether they win or lose, I mean, there is a lot of nudity going yes. on here, you know, and, and yes, there is, you know, and so like, I'm not saying women don't belong in there, but I, I'm telling you, I think everybody doesn't belong in there that I think nobody should, there should be some level of privacy afforded to these guys. And it's not in a locker room. 
um, and it's not going to happen. And so I can understand on some level that this guy's like, there's a lot of nude men in there, ladies. You know, <laughs> like maybe maybe you ought to hold off for a few minutes here. Maybe that was whatever his thinking was. But, uh, you know, men are not allowed to go into female locker rooms after a game because they're going to be nude. And apparently, I guess we're not trusted, you know, to go into that scenario and for good reason. But apparently we're not trusted. Well, women are trusted to go into a scenario where men are going to be naked um, in front of them, unavoidably naked in front of them. And for some reason, um, this is OK. So on some level, I, I guess I, I guess I, I, I kind of firmly believe, especially after this happened again, that really nobody should be in a locker room, that the players should be forced to come out and speak to the media yeah. um, after the game in a location where they're dressed. Yeah, it's it's not a comfortable thing. I no. you've covered a lot more locker rooms than I have, but in my time covering the Washington Nationals, I, early on in my stint, you know, seeing Carlos Baerga in front of me buck naked and just sort of dancing around, I was like I could come back, Carlos. I don't really need to see yeah. this ever again. It sort of okay, scars uh, you for life. Yeah. Talk to you later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice win. Uh, nice win, yeah. guys. Uh, good okay. job, man. Good job. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's really uncomfortable. It, there's um and during the week in football practice, Wednesdays and Thursdays, they have these things called open locker room um, at the facilities wherever the teams are practices, and, and for like one hour, every team has this. It's standard across the NFL. The reporters are allowed to go into the locker room, and the players who are there are can be approached for interviews leading up to the game. Well, I knew a couple of players in particular that would sit there naked on purpose because they knew that nobody would come up to them and talk to them. There was this one particular running back. Um, his name was uh, Adrian Morell. He would sit there completely naked reading a newspaper for the entire <laughs> hour, right? Because he knew, he knew that nobody was going to come up and ask him. Quite, like, after a game is one thing, but leading up to a game, you have to really think about, do I really need to talk to this person leading up to the game? Because after the game, if he scored the touchdown, you kind of have to go talk to that guy yeah. because he's really part of the story. But leading up to it, if he's not, do you really want to talk to him? And everyone left him alone. Now, you know, everyone thinks he's a crazy person and everyone thinks he's insane because that's what he did. But it got him out of having to talk to us and not get fined by the NFL because he can say I was available. They chose not to speak to me that day. Because I was naked reading the financial right. section of the Times. Yes. Oh, look, there's a sale at Penny's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Can you tell? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the other one that we saw this week, Dan Bloom sent this one along to me. I thought it was very interesting. You can catch this up on most of the, the blog sites, but Deadspin had an article about it. There was a, a Diamondbacks game, baseball season, obviously. Um, the regular season just ended. Diamondbacks didn't make the playoffs. You know, it's one of these late regular season games that doesn't really mean anything. And um, the broadcast basically stopped for about two minutes because there was a group of sorority girls. They found out later they were from Alpha Chi Omega, I'm assuming from Arizona State, but I'm not totally sure. They found out later because I guess they all posted all these selfies from the game, so they figured it out later who they were. And there was a bunch of them, at least a dozen sitting there. And the broadcast just came to a complete halt because they were fascinated by the fact that these girls were sitting in the stand taking all taking selfies of themselves at the same time right okay right it was it, it was absurd to watch yes. <laughs> and, and 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 the guys who were doing the game their heads just sort of explode they're like what is going on here yes they're you know girls are they're taking selfies of themselves they're taking selfies with each other they're taking selfies with churros it's like it's non-stop like the, the baseball game is not even happening in front of them it's not <laughs> right. even occurring right and Steve Berthume, who's one of my old colleagues, is now the voice of the Diamondbacks on television. One of the things he said during this, he said, it was funny when he said it, but I, it got me thinking about it because he said, he goes, you know, what I used to like about 
coming to a baseball game was you could strike up a, a conversation with a complete stranger or you could completely ignore them, <laughs> which is what these girls are doing right now. But the reality is the conversation with strangers doesn't take place in places like this anymore. It takes place on your phone, online, and wherever those selfies are going. So, in fact, all they were doing was going somewhere where there was background noise, which is what the games are. Background noise. Yeah. I mean, I've been harping on this, you know, from the start of the week. Oh, harping on it. Three weeks. I've been harping on this. Things have changed in our industry so dramatically. It is hard to know what the relevance of just about any of this is anymore. If these girls go to this game, they're paying zero attention to it. And not that that matters or not, but that the broadcasters on some level don't even understand that they are interacting the way that people their age would interact. They're not being antisocial. They're being completely social. They're just doing it in the backdrop of a baseball game. Baseball does not command your attention anymore. None of the games command your attention anymore. Those days are over. You are buried in your phone. Sports has become something entirely different for everyone now, short of the massive events like the Super Bowl or the NCAA tournament, or even uh, NCAA tournament, I'm not even sure anymore. It's watched by everybody, but watched in snippets, as it always has been. Yeah, I mean, it's astonishing to me. You're right. When you say it's just background noise, that's exactly what it is. And here, in and, you know, listen, there's different scenes at different ballparks all across the country. But here in Washington, when you go to the Red Porch, it's like you're at a bar and the game is on in the background. Instead of being on a TV, it's actually in the background. And I've hung out there and people aren't even paying it. It's just, you know, whatever. We're just talking whatever. And as you said, when you get these people on their cell phones, they're not isolating themselves they're part of a whole different you know culture and process that's going on and that generation that makes guys like me be like what the hell's going on here but why are you being this way are you being weird you you tuning everything out and it's like no they're they're incorporating everything into their life process no matter where they are it's bizarre yeah actually sitting there and just watching the game they'd be missing out yeah (laughs) <laughs> That's the way they look at it. And it's just weird to me, though. I mean, it made me laugh out loud when the, the, the camera was on them, and they're literally just taking nonstop selfies, different face poses. It's not just one or two. It was like 15 girls. You're like... I don't know. It, it's yeah. just odd to look at, and you're like, I guess that's the way it is. Yeah, I guess it is. But you know what? That is the way it is, and, and that's why viewing habits have changed. That's why attendance, they're going to have to figure out ways. It's why people like the Jaguars are smart. I know their team isn't very good, and people criticize them for putting a pool in their stadium, but they put a pool in their stadium because they know that people just need other entertainment to want to come to the football game because they could go watch the game anywhere and have a better seat than in a stadium because of the availability of all the access to the different ways of watching the game now right so all of these teams need to figure out ways to make all of this more socially interactive and honestly if i'm baseball i'm watching this and i'm looking at it going how do we get young people in here and interact socially with one another and i don't know the answer to it but i would look at that and say this is what they're doing because this is what they want to do. So how do we make our game the place where you go and do that? Yeah, I mean, I've always, well, <laughs> of course, because I'm the old single guy, I always thought it would, there should be some section where it's just single people dealing with stuff so you can drop F-bombs and not have to worry about, 
you know, hurting the ears of all the kids around you. So maybe there's okay. some isolated section. You're like, well, you guys go off and, so, you know. Please. Sociopath section 12. <laughs> you guys got section 12. All the crazy people sit here. <laughs> right. Say whatever you want. Yeah. All you people who've never heard of an iPhone and actually keep score <laughs> and wear, like, your Joe Carter Blue Jays jersey, you guys all sit here. Right. You guys sit over there, keep score, you know, wear, bring your ball glove. In fact, you know what? Dress in a full uniform with cleats because I know you guys <laughs> love to do that. So just have your fun there. And these other guys, they're going to be over in Section 12. Just don't bug them. So um, anyway, uh, there's one last note I wanted to bring about this. Alpha Chi Omega, which was the sorority. Yes. I was the Chi guy at American University. The guy who is like picked by the sorority for a year to be their guy. What what the hell does that mean? Their guy. I don't know. But during <laughs> this during this process, <laughs> during this process uh, where they pick this person, it's done in a public forum. I'll never forget this. And they like basically uh, make this announcement in front of the entire campus. Mm-hmm. And I had to run over to their sorority, put on a T-shirt that said Alpha Chi Omega Chi Guy and take pictures with them in front of every person I knew. That's brilliant. <laughs> it was pretty good. That is great. And yeah. w- what were your duties for the course of the year? Was it like? I don't remember. I, <laughs> I will breed with all of you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am your stallion. <laughs> I wish those were the duties. It turned out they were. It turned out college. It turns out college for me was not like the college experience at Nyack College, which we'll get to it a little bit. Yeah, seriously. I cannot believe a quarter of the football season has already passed us by, and my Redskins are 2-2. Two and two. That is a fantasy in itself. I do not believe this will last, but I will take it as a huge win at this point of the season. Meantime, I will continue to play fantasy football, and with FanDuel, you can play with up to 200 bucks in bonus cash with our code TALKING. It's the leader in one-week fantasy football. They'll pay out over $75 million a week this football season and entry fees start at just a dollar so there's a league for everybody all of the games are already in the FanDuel lobby go ahead check it out over 1 million players have won money at FanDuel go to FanDuel.com click on the microphone in the upper right hand corner use the code TALKING and sign up now there's a special offer for new users for every dollar you deposit FanDuel will match it with up to 200 bucks that gets earned as you play that's a bonus of up to 200 dollars. the offer is only good for the first 50 people that use my code talking today so don't get left out don't forget to use the code talking fanduel.com where every day is a new season that's f-a-n-d-u-e-l.com try it out today welcome back to talking heads i'm bram weinstein with mark stern you probably don't know the name joe juranich who is happens to be the biggest holdout in the NFL this particular season, but nobody knows who he is. He was born in 1961 in Milwaukee, and he grew up, according to a website that's dedicated to him, as in a poor household. His father was an inventor who had developed sharpening equipment, which came into play in his life in 1982 when he set the world record for shaving a beard with an axe. Eight minutes and 43 seconds. Pretty impressive. The, yeah, incredible. Uh, the side, you know, when you learn more, you know, you hear poor household 
And you'll hear about his drinking problems momentarily that axe play probably wasn't the smartest way for him to go. But here he is. He survived. Um, The site would go on and it describes Joe as someone who had serious alcohol and drug issues growing up in his uh, high school years. Quote, during one of his weekend binges, he met the love of his life, Lori, who also apparently was hooked on drugs and alcohol. And five years later, a lot of religious intervention and all of a sudden they were married. So this is a happy story. They ended up working together in the greater Minneapolis school system and they worked their way up. And then in 1993, Laura had asked Joe, who was known for his sense of humor and his unique looks, and you'll understand why in a moment, to try out for the Vikings who were looking for a new mascot at the time. Joe fits the profile of the stereotypical Viking. He is large. He is hairy. He is menacing looking. He looks exactly what someone should look like in Nordic attire. So he got the job. And for 20 years running, he's the guy who's been putting on that shaggy coat and the custom mucklucks and hopping on my motorcycles and has become really as much of the face of the franchise as anyone not named Randy Moss or Adrian Peterson. You cannot watch a Vikings game without seeing Ragnar on his bike and hearing that horn blaring in the background. Uh, Ragnar is no longer with the team. Uh, We don't know exactly why, except for what we've heard, which is reportedly he was getting about $1,500 a game to show up and do his antics. He has asked for $20,000 for 10 years, $1.6 million to remain Ragnar as the team is heading towards a new stadium. So Ragnar, Mark, is holding out for 15 times what he originally was making. Seems like a smart play. Oh, you don't want me? I'm going to demand more money. Listen, I just went through a negotiation that didn't go very well. (laughs) But what I can promise you is that I did not ask for 15 times the amount of money or dress up like a Viking for that matter, which may have helped in that scenario. So anyway, so the Vikings are moving on and, and they have essentially shelved Ragnar. The question is, how big of a deal is this in Minnesota? Listen. He, as you said, he is a huge, huge face of that franchise, but he's a mascot. And I think people get upset about it, but everybody has the attention span of a flea. So one week goes by and everyone's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that guy already. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some holdout people that are like, we can't root for the Vikings without Ragnar, but that's going to be about 14 guys that are probably already pals with Ragnar and everybody else is just going to move on with their lives. I'm not going to be friends with the 14 guys who won't root for the team because of the guy who dresses up like a Viking. Right. Those guys are probably pretty unreasonable with a lot of things in their lives. There was a guy who used to go to Broncos games nude but wore a trash can or a barrel or something. Remember that guy? Yes. Well, he's not there anymore. And you know what? I still watch Broncos games. Right. I mean, all right, from this area, and, and this guy was truly legendary. Remember, and I, you might even know his name. Remember the guy that would get up on the dugout for the Orioles and spell out Orioles? No. Oh, you don't remember this guy? No, no. Oh, he was. No, who's he that guy? So, he was so famous. He would, like, get up, and he looked like, I mean, just quintessential Baltimore. And he would do the whole body, oh, or um, Wild Bill Hickok, something like that. I'm looking it right, up. I right know now. that name. I re- yeah, I remember the the chicken was a big deal back the chi- then. So the San Diego the chicken, chicken was a big but deal. But the San Diego sure. chicken was like a was a franchise basically. He had like a, a very kid friendly show that toured around the country and was kind of like the yeah. mascot Americana. Ragnar 
is really, you know, exclusive to that region. Like Ragnar can't take his show down to Atlanta Braves games. That's not going to work out for him. Hey, Jaguar fans. It's me, Ragnar. I'm sorry, Wild Bill Hagee, not Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Hickok, one of our great Wild West guys. I was looking still at does, right, Still doesn't ring a bell. Like, no, you don't remember You're him? like, remember this guy from ancient history who used to come to Orioles games? If you look up, if you look it up on YouTube, you'll immediately remember this guy. I mean, come on. It was a lot of Natty Bow flowing back then, and everyone's loving it. But the whole guy's shtick was, yeah, O-R-I-O-L-E-S, and the whole place would go nuts. And I can imagine if there was some negotiation between him and the club and he said, I want $5, they'd say, forget about it. Hey, hon, I want you to pay me 50000 a game there, hon. I want fifty grand, and I want a lifetime supply of Natty Bow for me and my wife Peaches. Yeah. I mean, you just can't overplay your hand like that. You fell into this. You dress up like a Viking and they give you $1,500 a game. Is that life-changing money? No. But it's nice to have, and now you don't have it. No. And Michael Rand from the Minneapolis Star Tribune joins us now. He's been writing about Ragnar's holdout from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I bet you never thought you'd do interviews about Ragnar. I did. Uh, I ended up doing, like, mascot stories back-to-back weeks because the next week there was a controversy about Goldie Gopher. It was, uh, it was, quite, a, it was quite, a, quite, quite a run for me, but yeah. <laughs> What's the controversy with Goldie Gopher? Uh, they, there was an article in the New York Times where somebody – says he invented the uh, Goldie does this thing where he spins his head, uh, you know, in the costume. Yeah, yeah. His head around. Somebody, somebody said he invented that, and a bunch of <laughs> band members from the 80s were like, wait, 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 no, you didn't. It was, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. That's great. I invented the question mark. Somebody yeah. give me some money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so wait, so. Pay me my, pay me my money. Yeah. There's like a lawsuit about that? No, there's not a lawsuit. There's just some guys from the band that were like, no, you didn't really do that. So they were just, <laughs> they saw the story and they were like, why? I don't know why they even cared that much, but it was, it was, it was interesting. That's weird. So if, if this is true, Michael, that he wants 20000 a game as opposed to 1500 per game, what is he thinking? You know, I think it's, it's kind of a, obviously, first, first off, it's a very weird story, um, you know, and it's got some got some roots a little deeper than uh, than just a, a holdout. I would I would say I think you know from what I can understand, the Vikings were were ready to move on from Ragnar as a mascot, and they basically told him uh, told him as much. They they said they, we we don't we want we want to bring you into a kind of a different kind of role, maybe more of a ceremonial role. Um, you know, do some special occasions, but not have you there on game day. So basically, they were kind of easing him out and. Um, so, th- so that happens over the summer, and you know he's he's kind of sitting there thinking, well, something will work itself out. Well, nothing really does, and you know gets to the gets to be right before the the season's going to start, and he pitches them with this idea of twenty thousand dollars a game as basically a uh, you know if he's going to be in this reduced role, that's that's kind of his <laughs> basically that's his idea to to recoup the recoup whatever money he was not going to be making. So it was it was but, it, but yeah it was. It wasn't so much of him holding out as it, as it was. I think that the Vikings, you know, kind of were, were ready to move on, and there maybe there wasn't the clearest communication, or maybe there, maybe you know, they just didn't really understand <laughs> clearly each other on both sides of the issue. But it was a, it was certainly a. But yes, but but to ask for twenty thousand dollars in any in any case, he did do that, and that is that is pretty much absurd. Well, I mean, has, I, I I don't know. Has he read a book on negotiation? Because that sounds like. <laughs> 
the impossible route to take to try to get right. some kind of solution here. Right. He said, you know, I talked to him a couple, maybe it was last a week ago Friday, and he you know, basically said he, he got some counsel from, uh, you know, someone who's done negotiating before, but it wasn't very good advice, <laughs> obviously. Th- Thor or Odin? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, he was re- representing himself, basically. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was not uh, – it didn't, did not end up being the, the right – you know the right move, basically, because yeah, you don't go into something where someone's trying to uh, to try to, to not, not not to fire you, but someone's trying to reduce your role and then ask basically for more money. You know, that that doesn't really doesn't usually work out that way in my well, in my experience. Let's back up here. Why did they want to reduce yeah. his role? He's like synonymous on television as one of the faces of the team. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't really know what the what the motivation was. I think may, maybe they were they were kind of looking for a different. A different kind of image uh, than you know than, 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 than this guy you know just running around um, you know I've I maybe heard that you know he would he would do some dances with the cheerleaders that maybe people didn't like and he was you know I, I don't know I think he was generally well liked by the fan base as far as I can tell and there was you know before all the contract stuff came out there was a petition to you know to reinstate Ragnar and it had like ten thousand signatures in the first twenty four hours or something there was some you know, it's an electronic petition. Um, so you know, so th- so there's that. But I, you know, I think, I think maybe they just, they just kind of thought the bit had run its course. He's been doing it for 21 years. They go into the new stadium uh, next year, and then maybe they were they, they have another mascot, Victor. You know, kind of this traditional mascot who's you know in a costume and not a, and not a man, uh, <laughs> and not just a person uh, who who they've been using in addition to Ragnar since I believe 2007. They're almost almost a decade. So, you know, I think I think that's kind of their official mascot now, and maybe they just kind of were were ready to ready to move on from from whatever Ragnar brought to the table. Well, I was going to ask you this because I have two little kids, and and they love all these mm-hmm. kids shows. So I'm going to mention a show that most people who are listening to this won't know. It's called the Fresh Beat Band, and there's this band mm-hmm. that caters to really young kids, and they have these four original members. And my wife and I were watching recently, and all of a sudden we noticed that the redhead was different. That was a different person, mm-hmm. but they found someone who looked just like the original one. And I would sure that most kids don't know. So you know, as a unique looking as Ragnar is, or Joe, as his real name is, right. he's not exclusive in this country. You could watch Sons of Anarchy. You could find somebody who looks <laughs> like him. So do you think that they would try to find a replacement Ragnar? I don't think they would, because like I said, I mean, I think they were just ready to kind of move on from, from this whole kind of, uh, this whole theme of, you know, of the, you know, the guy dressing up kind of like the Norse, uh, you know, the, the old time Viking. I, I just... I don't know what their motivation is for that exactly, but yeah, I don't think they would. I don't think they would seek to find a replacement Ragnar because if they were happy with the act itself, I think they would have kept the uh, you know kept the status quo and just kept paying him you know the fifteen hundred dollars a game, and everybody would have just kind of gone gone along with with this as uh, as as it was happening for you know for the last two decades. But uh, so yeah, I don't I don't think there will be a replacement Ragnar. Although I did see. Uh, you know, his 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 next power move could be uh, to try to go to another team. There's a amusing column in the Chicago Tribune when this is all happening that the Bears should try to, to try to sign Ragnar uh, <laughs> to, to, to to stir up the rivalry even more. To do what? Wrestle a bear? Like what are they? What exactly would they have him do? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where he really fits into the uh, the, uh, the the Chicago Bear uh, mystique or uh, the, the, what, what they what they try to do but uh, but yeah that was that was that was suggested but I know I don't think the Vikings are going to try to get a replacement Ragnar cuz I think I think they were they were ready to move on and they you know they were 
not terribly happy that this became a big story, but you know, so it certainly, you know, possibly could have been handled differently. Although, you know, he sort of instigated the the press and all this by uh, you know by posting on Facebook the day he wasn't at the first game, just kind of lo- looking sad that he wasn't there. <laughs> based, I mean, listen, based on some of the press over the past twelve months of that particular team and the star of that team, I'm sure they don't mind this being yeah. front and center for them as something as a, a, a quote unquote controversy for them to have to deal with. That is that is true. Yeah, we've been dealing. Yeah, there's that and the. <laughs> Yeah, there's been some some much much more minor controversies uh, this year than there were last year. That's for sure. Michael, thanks for your time. Yeah, you take care. Take care. Watching sports on TV is great and all, but nothing compares to seeing the best athletes in the world in person. The SeatGeek app is a quick and easy way to find the best deals on tickets. Now, when you use your code. Talking, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. The SeatGeek app takes less than a minute to download, and it's free on the iPhone and Android smartphones. SeatGeek does a ton of things that other ticketing sites don't do, aggregating from big ticket sites. So when you're searching for flights and hotels online, SeatGeek pulls ticket options from hundreds of sellers to create a one-stop shop for sports and concert tickets. They also have this great feature called Deal Score. It ranks Every tick in the market from a 1 to 100 value score and plots the best deals on a color-coded interactive map of the venue so you can easily identify the best ticket values in the building at a glance. Finally, SeatGeek's mobile app makes the ticket buying process seamless, easy, and safe. So here's what you need to do to redeem your promo code and save $20 on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code TALKING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. How's this for service? If you buy a $15 ticket on SeatGeek and use my code TALKING, they'll still send you a check for $20. SeatGeek is paying you to go to a game. For the NFL, college football, and the best concerts, use the SeatGeek app and enter our code TALKING to save $20. And welcome back to Talking Heads. I'm Brad Weinstein. That was Mark Stern. Michael Rand writes about real and fake sports people for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. You can read his work there. Uh, before we get off the mascots for a second, there's some weird thing, because I mean, you're in D.C., there's some yeah. weird thing with this guy Terrence, right? Isn't there some guy, the Nats Pack Terrence? Have you heard about this dude? I have not heard about this guy. There's some guy named Terrence who like has showed up there for years and like riles up the crowd and there's some nasty break up there. All right, Google that. And so I was hoping you had intel on this because I had read about this guy Terrence who is like another one of these guys that apparently is not getting along with the team any longer. So Yeah, that's it's so listen, what the people don't get is you're not bigger than the game. No the sport. No, 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 they, no. They'll forget about you. Right. By the way, I mean, trivia question for you, and I'm springing yeah. this on you. Do you know that I am the first ticketed person into Nationals Park. What? Yeah. I was working with Washington Post Radio, and they were doing the games, and they set it up as this big promotion. So literally, it was a it was an exhibition game just before the season started when the when the stadium opened, and I, Mark Stern, am the first ticketed person into Nationals Park. Do you get some kind of like plaque or something for that? I got the ticket, and I got a little write up in the Washington Post, but that was about it. But I can walk in there and be like, "Hey, all of you are behind me because I was here first. That is pretty good. That is that yeah. is, that's really really. Good. You can die happy. (laughs) (laughs) So I got that going for me. You do got that going for you. All right. Before we go, here are the two things that um that that stuck out to us this week. Um, Nyack College is a Christian school uh, in the town of Nyack, New York. It's about forty-five minutes to New York City. It's right on the Hudson River. Beautiful area um, of the the country. 
in a lawsuit that was filed by three of his former softball players, a 44-year-old coach, Kurt Ludvigson, uh, is accused of improper sexual contact that included bringing a porn star to practice hey to deliver what he called, quote, life counseling sessions. <laughs> A second mandatory question and answer meeting was to take place at the coach's house. Once again, that was mandatory, mandatory. for the players to attend. Got to be there. Take a knee. Yeah. The uh, players said that the coach routinely uh, made them sit on his lap. No surprise. He would touch them on the butt and breast. No surprise. And in one case, um, he made some girl stand there while he stuck his tongue in her ear and had some lewd comments um about that how are you gonna lay down a bunt if that doesn't happen you know at what point during the season does the team like figure out that their coach trains them a little differently than maybe the other softball teams (laughs) you know like this isn't normal practice here i think when the following q a goes down all right game situation runners on second and third one out we're down by two what do we do I don't know. I brought a porn star in, so let's go yeah. ask her how we would handle this life situation. Um, Coach, why do we have a pole on the pitcher's mound? <laughs> like, like, why? How does that help us? How does that help us yeah. prepare for the game? And he's like, hey, you want to learn the proper squatting technique for bunting? <laughs> right. I'll show you. I mean, life lessons? Mandatory. By the way, how creepy is it that it's mandatory and at his place? Yeah, come on, boys. Yeah, mandatory. Yeah. Mandatory. This is mandatory. And it was, I, I don't remember that. I didn't write down the name of the porn star. Oh, I remembered had, it. Apparently, she was famous enough to have, you know, a name that was worth mentioning. Her name is Allie Hayes. I actually did remember it. And I believe... She's an award winner of some of some consequence. Award winning. Yeah. Well, at least he brought in an award winning well, porn yeah. star to do well, it's this. Classy. Yeah. It's classy that way. Uh, there's some back. There's obviously clearly a lot of weird background stuff with his previous uh, employment issues. So you know, as you might imagine, this wasn't the first time um, that he's had to deal with something like this. I, you know, I, I mean, I hate laughing at it, but it's impossible not oh, to. Yeah. Really, I mean, because it, you know, it's just at some point. You know, uh, what did he say in his interview to get the job? And I'm really hands on. You'll love me. Right. Like, you know, all of these all of these examples that came out, it's like, you know, the players at some point were talking about it, which means it oh, got yeah. out, you know, that this is happening on the softball team right now. Like, how did he last any period of time coaching the team when it was clear how so far out of line he was? It's really amazing to me. Yeah, I, I'm actually sort of astounded that he had the connections in the pool with the porn star to get her to come to speak to his softball team. I thought that was sort of impressive. Well, the article in the New York Post, which is the greatest newspaper on earth. Um, and it really is. Yeah, like when all newspapers go out of business, that one won't because they print th- because they find and print things like this um, <laughs> every day. Amazingly, yeah. it's still it's like a it's a treasure trove of of uh, silliness down the street at uh, uh, Bergen County, uh, New Jersey, which is not far away. Um, there's a prosecutor alleging that a Kevin Carter, a priest at St. Margaret's of uh, Roman Catholic Church in a town in Bergen County, um had asked to see an eight-year-old boy privately on um, September on September thirteenth. Let's just say this isn't going where you think it's going. Right, you'll be relieved to know it's not going there. <laughs> he only pulled a gun on the boy, so everybody just calm down. And he, uh, it was a Civil War musket, 
which uh, obviously is also not as crazy as the other thing you were probably thinking might happen. Right. Why did he do this? Because the eight-year-old boy said he was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, who happened to be the arch rival of the priest's favorite team, the New York Giants. Was the gun loaded? We're not sure. But when police showed up and, and searched his office, they did find the musket, some ammunition, and gunpowder. <laughs> so if he wanted to use it, he could use it. Yeah, that's well, I think every priest really needs to have those items, you know, in the back of the church, just in case. A musket, gunpowder, and some ammo. Imagine these two guys in jail together at the same time. <laughs> hey, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I pulled a gun on an eight-year-old boy who's a fan of the Cowboys. Oh, yeah? I tried to turn out an entire softball team. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Who wins? Good work, Father. That is yeah. great. Uh, forgive me, Father. I have sinned. I tried to turn a softball team into some prostitutes. All right, three Hail Marys. Oh, also, I root for the Boston Red Sox. I will kill you. <laughs> I will kill you dead right now. You need to be murdered dead in front of me. I mean, the best part of this story is that the, the priest allegedly told the boy to stand up against the wall. Again, you're like, oh, my God, where's this going? Mm-hmm. Before pointing a musket at him. And as he raised it, he said, I'm going to shoot you. Now, if you're a kid, I, I mean... The, the Pope was just in town, and everybody was so excited about it. Pope Francis can't be happy about this. He's like, yeah. come on, man. we got to do better than aiming muskets at kids because they're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, he, yeah, he needs that. He had a meeting. He, apparently, he had a lot of secret meetings with everybody. I don't know <laughs> yeah. you know, the Pope met with everybody, right? Everybody. <laughs> right. He needs to meet with this guy and yes. be like, no more muskets. <laughs> put, put musket away. <laughs> put the musket away. This is no no musket. What are you doing? Yes. This is no fun. Come on, do it. Why you have bayonet? Put away. <laughs> that is the best story. Oh my you God. read this and you're like, I get it. I'm a crazy fan sometimes. Yeah. But this is just, oh, it's just brilliant. Point of, I mean, you're a priest. You have a gun. It's an <laughs> right. ancient gun. You have gunpowder. When I read gunpowder, I'm like, well, this guy's fired this thing, right? You know? Oh, yeah. And on some level, that sounds fun. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a priest shooting a musket. That's I actually had to, like, pack the gunpowder in and shoot it. I'd actually like yeah. to YouTube that. I think that would go viral. That would be really interesting to see, really interesting to see that. Like a priest yeah. in full garb getting out a Civil War musket, showing you how to load it properly with real gunpowder and firing it, you know? I would be excited to watch that. Yeah, the troubling part would be the eight-year-old boy standing about 50 feet. <laughs> right away <laughs> you guys ever heard of william tell it's a yes. different form of that it's mm-hmm. gonna be fun this yeah. child is a fan <laughs> of the cowboys this is how we where's my musket <laughs> just so utterly insane and at what point does the priest be like you know what in the back of his head it's probably not the best idea in the world i should probably you know and the thing is it's like how many worse things has he heard oh, in his yeah. life i mean he's a yeah. priest so he sat there and his congregation has probably told him awful things throughout the course of his life has he ever pulled the musket out on them right oh you're a cowboys fan you gotta die yeah Who's crazier, the priest or the softball coach? I can't decide, really. I don't know. It's going to be a fun sell, though. I hope mm-hmm. I get to, I hope I get a, a Dewey so I can go hang out with those guys. Every time I read it, the New York Post do it. The, uh, then I hear, like, you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It's so true. I mean, you know, yeah, because if is. you can make it there with that happening around you, that the coach of a softball team is that deviant at a Christian college, and the priest has a musket and aims it at eight-year-old <laughs> boys, boy, if you can make it there, you really can make it anywhere. Yes, you can. You can. 
All right, that'll do it for us this week. Next week, we'll be, uh, I'll be back in my basement again, and Mark will be in D.C. But the week after that, uh, we will be at Laurel Park together, October 17th, Maryland Million Day. Yes. We will be there somewhere. I'll probably get some more details by next week, so I'll know where we'll actually be. And we hope that you will find us, and we hope you enjoyed Episode 4 of Talking Heads. For Mark, I'm Bram. See you. 